You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Well, great to have everyone here this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Matt. I'm the lead pastor at Refuge. And it's so exciting to have you join us in this service. Uh, we're doing a message today entitled Chosen. And there's some elements I believe that all of us need to come to understand about this particular word and how that relates to your life. Because we have a God who has made a choice and he's chosen us. And so there's something so significant. So we're going to explore that this morning. Uh, but I, I wanted to uh, offer a little congratulations to Andrew and Brooke Haas. Hi, good to see you. <laughs> a greeting from a young fellow over there. Good to see you. Um, and uh, Owen was born eight weeks premature, but he was with us last Sunday for the first service, and we're so excited. Uh, where, where are you, Brooke? And they, God bless you. And Andrew, and that's Owen over there. An amazing miracle. He actually, they thought he would have to be in uh, ICU for up to the two months until the normal birthday, but he was released after one month. So uh, we're so excited about yeah. And we want to thank everyone that had prayed and been part of that. And this morning, I think, Pastor Deborah, you prepared with that book for uh, words for Pharaoh. Are you prepared for that? She is. So uh, recently, uh, Pharaoh Mori, uh, who was a member of this church, her and her family had moved to Virginia and passed away after a long battle with cancer. And uh, Pastor Deb will be at the service center afterwards. We want to have uh, members and people that have known her just to write thoughts that we're going to share with, with her family. So uh, just to make you aware of that. I did bring a little humor this morning, but I'm a little bit reluctant on even sharing it because uh, it's actually riddles. Riddles. We're getting a little feedback here. Uh, do you like riddles? Some people are you kind of... Uh, neutral there. Well, he, he, here's a, a few riddles. Question. What building has the most stories? Oh, you guys are so smart. <laughs> did, did somebody peek at my notes earlier? And I, I, well, how about this? Uh, what is brown and sticky? Oh, gosh. You guys, you're on top of <laughs> Man, can you imagine this? Must have found the same website. (laughs) What? Most of you will know this because this has been going around. What two things can you never eat for breakfast? Lunch and dinner. Oh, boy. This is interesting. (laughs) Question, how many apples grow on a tree? They all grow on trees, yeah. I tell you. Now, I don't know if you get this one. A truck driver is going opposite traffic on a one-way street. My brother's a truck driver. Wave at me. Now, this would be pretty serious. You're going the wrong way on a one-way street, and a police officer sees him but doesn't stop him. Why didn't the police officer stop him? No, because the truck driver was walking. Okay. So he got you there. 
And finally, a friend said to me, there's a life outside of the internet. My response was, just send me the link. <laughs> yeah, okay. Are you ready for the, today's message? Our key scripture is a short one, it's a short passage, but it's a passage that troubled me for a long period of time. And we're going to explore that this morning. It's found in Matthew 22, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, feel free to turn there and open up to that passage. Matthew 22, 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to minister your word. We thank you for giving us understanding and revelation concerning truth and concerning your purpose for our lives. I pray that you help us, Father, to receive what you desire us to understand today through this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, you know, with this message, you know, you ask the question, many are called but few are chosen. What is the difference between the called and the chosen? And we realize that the calling of God is, is often misunderstood, yet it's important to know and understand and actually discover the call of God upon our life because each of us are called of God. But many people haven't really discerned or understood that calling and the relevance that it, is, that it has in their life. And how do you know that if you've been chosen? And do you know that you have been called? And these are questions we want to consider. So as you prepare your hearts to receive this morning, I believe we're going to get some insight and understanding from the Scripture. To be chosen is usually considered something of honor or privilege. To be selected for a position, and, uh, you know, which you may have applied for, and maybe there were a thousand applicants, and you were the one that was chosen for that position. How many of you think that would be pretty special? That would be quite the honor and quite the privilege to have been chosen out of a thousand. And yet, you know, we see this. Uh, to not be chosen can cause rejection in people's lives. And to be chosen, I believe, is something that every human being longs for. To be rejected or passed by can leave you hurt or offended. And from the standpoint of relationship with God, we must realize that he has chosen us. He's placed a value and a worth upon our lives. And so, but Jesus made the statement, many are called, but few are chosen. Now, why are few chosen? That's what we want to uh, come to understand from the light of the scriptures. Uh, what's the difference between the words choose and chose? I want to kind of clarify that this morning because the word Choose is present tense, and the word chose is past tense. Not only has God chosen us past tense, but he's determined to place a choice to choose us now, okay? And so, to be chosen, or let's say to not be chosen, can be disappointing or even humiliating. I have to relate to you a story when I was in junior high school. You know, growing up, my worst class was Fayette because I was skinny. I, I was a strong, skinny person because I was raised on the farm and I could 
handle the hay bales and all that. I could work hard. People didn't realize the potential I had when they looked at me because they looked, it looked like the wind would blow me away if there was a gust that would come along. And so I can remember a very, yeah, yeah. My brother knows, okay. But I used to pick on him a little bit, so he's just probably trying to get even. So I can remember a time, uh, it was springtime, and we all went outside for Fayed, and we were going to play softball. And so the, the whole class was sitting there, and they appointed two captains for each team. And the captains were able to choose and pick who they wanted. So they're making the choice, and I'm thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, then I, I start just backing up because I realized nobody was choosing me. And then it was just me and David Kavadik. And he was as skinny as I was and, and didn't look like he could swing a bat either. So we were the two left standing in it. And reluctantly, one captain had to choose one of us. So I said, hey, come over here, Matt. You know, I can remember being humiliated and how bad I felt for not being chosen earlier. And, and it was a reluctant thing that I was put on that team. And, and so I don't even know how I played that day, but that's all I remember that sticks out in, in my mind. It had such an impact on me. But I, I have recovered from that, just to let you know. So it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't affect my life today. But there are a lot of things that we choose in life. The fact that we have a choice is a gift that carries great responsibility. And God has given us that gift. He's given us the ability to make a choice and to choose. The ability to, the ability to choose is the function of our free will, okay? And God has a choice, and so do we. Because we were created in his image and likeness, he gave us the capacity and the ability to choose and make choices. The word chosen is found in 124 verses of the English Standard Version of the Bible. 98 in the old and 26 in the new. Uh, the word choose, actually chose, is found 164 times. 124 in the old and 40 in the new. So we see this word is, is very frequently mentioned in the scriptures. So there's significance to that. The Hebrew word for chosen is bakir. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but it's got that kind of bakir sound, okay? And that means his chosen ones. So God has chosen ones, and, and the scripture references the nation of Israel as his chosen people, okay? And uh, the Greek word for chosen is eklektos, which actually means to select, favorite, chosen, or elect. Uh, Thayer's uh, Greek lexicon defines it as elect, choice, select, picked out, chosen, and chosen by God. Now its application is to choose from out of, to, to choose somebody, to select them, to pull them out of a situation. There are those that are chosen out by God for rendering the service of God and to do his will. That's what he did with the nation of Israel. He selected that people to carry out his will in the earth, to proclaim his name, and to bring forth a righteous seed which would give birth to Messiah. And so we, we see all that played out there. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I used to be troubled by the scripture passage in Matthew 24, verse 14. What is the difference between the called 
in the chosen. The call is for all, but not all that are called are chosen. Why is that? In this passage, Jesus is making an obvious point that we need to understand. Now, if we look in the chapter, Matthew 22, and if you want to turn there, you can look at that. We're not going to read through that, but I'm going to narrate uh, the parable that Jesus is, is explaining. In the context of this statement that Jesus made, Jesus is actually talking about the parable of a, of a wedding feast where the king is giving a wedding feast for his son. And, and he sends, in verse 3, it says, he sends out his servants to call people to this wedding feast, giving them invitations to come to the wedding feast. And those who had received the invitation, they paid no attention to the invitation or to the call that they were given by the servants of this king. Now, can you be called but not chosen? Absolutely. You have the free will to choose to respond to the call, to accept the call, or to reject the call or the invitation that is given. Now, again, Matthew twenty-two fourteen says, many are called, but few are chosen. And let me give you an illustration of this. Let's say I call, put a call out there, who wants to help me move all the sound equipment off of the platform and, and put it over there? Who wants to help me do that? I'm, I, the call is for all, okay? Anybody here can respond to that call. And now those who respond, I choose you, okay, Matt. And I'll begin to point and choose people who respond to the call. And so we need to understand what Jesus is saying is the chosen are those who respond to the call. If you don't respond to the call, you will not be chosen. That's why many are called, but few are chosen, because not everyone responds to the call. Do you understand that? Do you comprehend that? That, that doesn't mean God is playing favorites, or, or God has some predestined to know him and serve him, and some are not. It's simply leaving the power to respond to the call in our hands. Okay, And so one aspect of the call of God in your life, and I want to interject this for a moment, is a call into fellowship with Jesus, God's Son. It's a fellowship that is an intimate connection with Jesus himself. And it cannot be attained by human effort. As believers, you are part of the fellowship of the saints, okay? And have direct access to the one who created everything. First Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship, into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. See, God's called us into this fellowship. He's called us into this relationship with him. But with that, you have to respond to the call. We have to respond to this call if we're ever going to enjoy fellowship with Jesus. You know, some people, you can know this, hey, yeah, God's called me into to fellowship with him and spend time with him. You know, yesterday, Matt and I went to Green Bay. We had an opportunity to sit with some people at, at our table. There was a, a fundraiser for Providence Academy, a Christian school there that, um, you know, we're in relationship with. And so we're sitting there. I'm sitting right next to the mayor of Green Bay and, and his wife, uh, Jim and Donna uh, Schmidt. And so, and, and uh, it was interesting because, now where was going with this? Fellowship, okay? God's called us into this fellowship. Now, uh, 
Now, I forgot where I was going with that. Well, now that's going to bug me. And as soon as the message, was that? Yeah. Uh, I guess it's one of those things. Is that what happens when you turn 59? I don't know. You forget where you're going, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a cool event because uh, uh, it was just interesting to, to sit next to somebody. And that was actually the second time we had dinner with him. But uh, uh, the conversation was interesting. You know, he talked to Matt about it. He, he knows all about it. He was a blessing to be there. But we were there with a number of Green Bay Packers, and um, uh, I told everybody that he was a Bears fan. So that went over really well, you know. So <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> all right, let's move on here. I, I, I'm a little bit embarrassed right now. So. And I should be. My wife should say, you should be embarrassed about that one. Anyway, Romans 8, 28, and this is a passage that maybe many of you are familiar with. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We're called according to his purpose. There's a calling that brings us into his purpose and his plan working things out in our life that many times we don't know how to figure out, but God can work it out. And so it's, that's, I think, a comforting passage, knowing that if we're called of God, basically all we need to do is respond to that call. And God's going to work out the situations that he wants to accomplish in our life, even when we're going through something difficult, even when we're going through something painful, even when we go through something gut-wrenching, God will work those things together for his good and because he, he cares for us and he longs to to pour out his goodness in our lives. I want to share with you three things that we can say about being chosen by God. Um, number one, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. God chooses those who respond to his call. God chooses those who respond to his call. And just as if I gave a call, I needed some help to do something, and you respond to that, that then you become part of the chosen group. And, and so the difference between the called and the chosen is that the chosen are those who respond and answer the call. I want to really emphasize that. I chose Deb to be my wife. But for Deb to be my wife, she had to respond. When I got down on my knee and asked her to marry me, she could have said no. She could have rejected me. Thank God she didn't. But I chose her above all other women on this planet to be my wife, to have an exclusive, intimate relationship with her. And that was my choice. It was my call. And so she became my chosen one, okay, in marriage, in the covenant of marriage, in our relationship together to bear children, to raise a family and do all that good stuff, okay? And so uh, understand the comparison that God's called us, and then we respond to that call. And then he's able to choose us and bring us into a relationship with him that is likened to marriage. God compares a relationship with Jesus in the church as the husband and wife, how they interact in that intimate relationship. Not in the sexual context, but in all the other components that bring two together in union and one. Now, let's look at the calling and the choosing in the Old Testament because 
we see that the word chosen is found more frequently in the Old Testament than the New. In Isaiah chapter 41, we see a passage here in verse 4, 41 verse 4. The scripture reads, Who has performed and done this? Calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, the first, and with the last, I am he. He's saying, I've called the generations forth. The call was put out to the generations. Who will respond to the God of heaven? The God of the universe, who will respond? And God found a man called Abraham who responded to him in Ur of the Chaldees. This guy was out. He was worshiping the sun. He was worshiping the moon. He was worshiping the stars. And God reached out, and, 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 or this Abraham decided, this can't be, can't. There has to be more than, than just these celestial bodies out there to worship. There has to be somebody who made all this. And so he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and through him, God raised up a nation. And we see a few verses down in verses 8 and 9 in Isaiah chapter 41. It says, But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, isn't that amazing that God called Abraham his friend? I think that's awesome. Verse 9, But whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest, farthest corners, saying to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. See, God called him, and because Abraham responded, then he chose him to produce a nation of people that would serve him. Now, so that's, that's the first point. I, just if you're taking notes, and some of you might need to know this again, God chooses those who respond to his call. Number two, he has already decided to choose you. He has already decided to choose you. We see in the passage of the scripture that, that he made the choice long ago, and all he's waiting is for your response. Now, when you respond to his call, you move into the rank of the chosen, of his chosen, okay? But who chooses who? Really, it's God who chooses us. In John chapter 15, verse 16, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So he chose us and appointed us and sometimes we think we choose God, but ultimately, really, he's chosen us. But we have simply responded to his call. You are chosen because he knew you would respond to him. And it's, it's because God knows the future better than you can even remember the past. He saw that you would respond to him, respond to his call. He saw that beforehand. And some people sometimes think, well, this thing called predestination, God has appointed some to be saved and some to be damned. And we don't really have a choice. It's all in God's hands. No, we do have a choice. It's not all in God's hands, but he's given us a choice, an option. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 5, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Notice verse 4. Even as he chose us, in him, now again, this is past tense, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. 
in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Now you need to understand that the Apostle Paul is talking specifically to the believers at Ephesus. People that have already responded to his call. People that are already serving him and walking out their life with Christ. And so when we think about God's plan, he had us in mind before we were even born, even before the foundations of this world. And he had a plan, a pre-designed plan for our lives with anticipation, expectation that responding to him, he is able to carry out his will in our lives. Number three, concerning being chosen, what does it mean to be chosen and how do we relate to that? We need to consider how chosen people live their lives. Because sometimes, and, and I, if you don't know who you are, then you may not live to the proper standard that you should embrace in your life. Certain things in my life I don't do because it's not who I am. It's beneath me and who I am in Christ when it comes to sin and transgression and, and doing the bad stuff, okay? Because the, the human fleshly nature tends to gravitate towards the evil side, the dark side, the, all the junk, the sin, the transgression, and all that. And, and even the Apostle Paul, he, he was concerned that after he preached to others that he would be a castaway. He was constantly aware that he could backslide, he could lose out with God if he made wrong choices in his life. So we need to consider how chosen people live their lives. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 gives us some insight to this. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. All of these being really the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our lives. So as God's chosen ones, we're to put on these things. In other words, they should be displayed in our life that, so that it's evident for others to see and witness. How compassionate are you? How humble are you? Are you showing meekness or patience? Are you demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit of God? If you're born of God's Spirit, then that is something that will be produced in your life. And But again, that's a choice. We put this on. We make a decision. Because I'm chosen. Because I'm God's beloved. This is how I live my life. So you are chosen. A passage, and I can remember as a young Christian, the first time I read this, I really got excited. And I want you to turn there and look at this in your own Bibles. 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. There's so much that this passage contains concerning how we are positioned in Christ and, and how God sees us. A chosen race. And now this is speaking of those who have committed and surrendered their hearts and lives to Jesus. We're, we're considered actually like a race of people. And see, uh, there's a sense where we have a dual citizenship. I'm a citizen of the United States of America uh, with residence in central Wisconsin. But I also have a citizenship of heaven. 
My name is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm part of the family of God. I'm part of this royal priesthood, this chosen race of people, and a holy nation. And this is really speaking of the church, the body of Christ, universal. Doesn't matter your color, doesn't matter your, your background, your cultural background, whatever it is. This is something that unites us all as one. It goes on to say, in, in seeing this again, for his own possession, he wanted you. So he paid the price so you could be his. That's, that's amazing to me that, that God would actually be concerned about me, that God would actually want me to know me, to be part of who he is, to be part of his family. And the outcome here is that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, no longer am I to live in darkness. I've been called out of that. But now I'm called to live in this marvelous light where I can see things from another perspective. I can understand right from wrong. I can understand the plan of the course that God has for my life. Darkness is a horrible thing. People in darkness, they do not have the capacity to see even where they're at many times. There's confusion. There's fear. There's doubt. There's uncertainty. Darkness carries a whole lot of ramifications in people's lives. God called us out of that as his chosen so that we wouldn't have to be subject to darkness any longer but walk in the light. When called, our response is to hear, to respond, and to decide to obey. I extend to you today just an invitation and a charge. Don't reject God's call. Don't reject God's call in your life. See, before you were born, he already had a plan for you. And that plan was set in motion, but it's really initiated when you respond to his call so that he can carry out his plan and set your life on the course that was meant and determined according to his purpose. See, part of it is really surrendering to him and yield, yielding your life to him to where you're no longer the one in control of your life. Where you're saying, God, I want you to be in charge right now. I want you to call the shots. And sometimes people think Christianity is, is really a weakness in people, but it's not. Christianity is not being weak, it's, it's being wise. It's looking to the one who made us, knowing that Father knows best. And he has the answers when we don't. So don't reject the call. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, the scripture reads, But when he who had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace. So God set the Apostle Paul apart before he was born. And then he called them by his grace. So he already had the plan set in motion. But he needed Paul to respond to him. What would have happened on the road to Damascus when Jesus appeared to him with the bright light and he fell off his, his horse? What would have happened if he would have rejected Jesus? Jesus, I don't want to follow you. 
God wouldn't have been able to carry out the plan that he had established and what he had set apart long before. Thank God he responded to the call. Romans 11.29 says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. In other words, God's not going to change his mind about the call. The call is to whosoever will let him come. The call is out there, but God is waiting for a response. See, there's a call to repentance. There's a call to come to worship. There's a call. There's so many aspects of, of the call of God. Many times we think of the call in light of what we do in life rather than who we are to be in life. See, we're human beings, not human doings. And so often we say, oh, I'm called to do this. And we, you know, we have doctors here, we have real estate people here, we have people from all kinds of backgrounds and professions. And, so, well, that's, and that is your call to do that in the natural, in your service to God and mankind. But yet the call is, is bigger than that. It has to do with who you are and who God meant you to be as a person. In 2 Timothy 1.9, and I love this passage, it says, Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. In other words, before there was one minute, one second that ticked on the clock. God had already prepared all this. His purpose and plan was already determined in his mind and in his heart for us. And it's not because of what you've done. So often say, well, I did this, I did this, so I earned this. We can't earn salvation. We can't earn the grace or the favor of God. It's a gift. All we do is receive it. Some people are still trying to work to earn their salvation. You're going to work and work, and you're never going to earn it. Because you can't do enough to earn salvation. You have to come to the point where you just simply say, Lord, I can't do what you require of me as far as honoring the Ten Commandments and, and living right and, and never sinning. Because I'm a sinner. I'm flawed. I'm, my life is broken, and I need a Savior. It's then when you recognize that it's by God's grace, not by your human effort, that brings salvation. And we see that in that passage. Final passage is, is we realize that God is looking for your response this morning. God's looking for your response. Will you respond to his call? Matthew 4.19, and he said to them, Jesus speaking, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. Jesus called that out. Will you follow me? He's saying that today. Will you follow him? Will you come to him? Will you surrender your life to him? With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around because I believe there may be some here today that have not answered the call to follow Jesus, that have not answered the call to salvation, to come, to be saved and forgiven of your sins and to receive the gift of eternal life. And if that's you this morning, we want to pray for you because I believe that God wants to engage you and encounter your life to reveal himself to you at a whole other level. The day when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was 17 years old. It was May 22nd, 1982, right? 
is in the 70s, folks. Yeah, 78 or 79 is back there. I'll never forget the encounter and the reality of a God who loved me for who I was and cared for me. He is able to reveal himself to you. He is able to touch your heart and move in your life. He's real. The problem with Christianity is in many times and places it's, it's lost the realness of God. Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. We've lost sight of the relationship because of religion. We have to focus now on the relationship. If you're here this morning, you say, I'm not sure that I have a relationship with Jesus, but I would like to have one. You're living your life, and you know you're not following Jesus like you should. I want you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you this morning. If there's anyone, you're willing. I see that hand. If there's others, just join you. Lift your hand up. Okay, we're going to pray this prayer. I appreciate those of you that were honest to lift your hand to acknowledge and admit that you really need Jesus. And we all need Jesus. I don't want to live one day without his presence. I don't want to go one day without that intimacy of, of that real relationship with him. Let's pray this prayer together. For those of you that lifted your hand especially and, and others to pray this prayer simply affirming your faith in Jesus Christ, acknowledging him as the Lord of your life. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge and recognize Jesus as Messiah, as the one who came into this world to save us. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead to give me new life. I believe in my heart and I confess you as my Lord. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I receive you now. Forgive me of my sins. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.